Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Bolton from Bolton, the show where my brother Josh and I set each other up for lively hockey talk, although not so often as some of you may have noticed. Um, of course, uh, you know, just life life is happening, guys. We both have our own uh, individual podcasts that we're working on. We do have uh, paying jobs that we attend to. Uh, add on to Josh's hockey, uh, all the hockey business he's got going on, just coaching and being the president of an association and all that comes with that. Uh, and on top, he has a family as well. Consider all this. And, uh, you know, it's just tough to keep it, keep it, uh, you know, going so frequently, but we are very interested to keep it going. We really love doing this. I'm excited to be here today. Josh, how are you doing? I'm good. And I'd like to point out that if they want to see more, they could help us make this our paying job. <laughs> by uh, I don't really have a means to invite them to do that but in any case they can at least listen and share and uh, and get involved too as we always say I would love to hear what do you want to know about that would uh, spark us to you know maybe go a little more frequently say hey what give us a question what do you think about this what about that and then we'll get right up on it um, you know so because this is just too much fun all the time and here we are well we got a few things to talk about one is that three-point game they're bringing up um, you know, at, for when we were growing up, it was always two points for a win, one point for a tie, and then they had, had OT when we were young, and it would just be all or nothing with the OT, right? Um, and then, it, you know, when it was 5v5 and there wasn't really much of an OT winner, there'd be a lot of draws. So now, uh, they, we've got these three-point games all the time where where a team goes and wins an OT or the shootout, they get the extra point, and there's three points handed out, and it really makes climbing back into the getting, you know, make catching, making up any ground is the expression they uh, I'm looking for, isn't it? Making up any ground on teams ahead of you um, when all your rivals can pick up points in these games, right? So, you, you, you know, you we're hoping with two teams that we're competing against play each other. All I'm hoping for is a clean win now by one of them. And it just sucks because somebody's getting two when before you could hope for Well, I hope they draw, right. And they only get one out of it. Right. And we can start to catch these guys. So now, uh, who are these guys bringing up? What are they proposing now, Josh? What's going on there as our insider? A lot of people want uh, Gordon Miller's big on it. There's a few people, uh, three points for a win. Uh, one point for, what was it? Three points for a win. You'd still get the point for a loss in, in OT or a shootout, but you get the three for the win in regulation and two for the win in the shootout or the OT and still get the loser point. Mm-hmm. So in this, in this way, it sounds like a team could either get one, two, or three points out of a game. Or zero. Yes, unless If you lose in regulation, you get zero still. Excuse me. If, yeah, so but zero, if you one, two, or three. So a regulation win is worth more than an OT or shootout win. Yep. That's the and, kind of proposal. Right. And the question is, how do we feel about that? <laughs> yes. So how do you feel about it? Listen, I would go a step further. I would get rid of the stupid loser point. Why 
I mean, why do, why do games need a winner and a loser? Why? There's no need. The tie is a perfectly fine option. It worked forever. You don't need a shooter. A shooter is the worst. It's so boring. Nobody likes it. It's a terrible way to decide a game. <laughs> People love the three-on-three OT, and that's great. For me, a game could end in a tie, and I couldn't care less. But if they want to do the OT, keep the three-on-three OT, since everybody's all excited about it. If you even want to extend that 10 minutes to try and encourage a winner in overtime, that's fine with me. But if they haven't scored in three-on-three in five or 10 minutes, just get on with your lives. One point each, go home. Nobody mm-hmm. needs that extra point. It's not, it's not needed at that point. You didn't earn it, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. If you have gone that long and score, you didn't earn that extra point. Well, and of course, they're sitting back because they know, well, at least we'll just let it go to essentially to chance. Like, we'll just let it go to the shootout, and then right. we're done here tonight. We're, our job's done. There's no fighting for anything. And that, who, well, that's not exciting, right? Um, now, I think we brought up on this show before, maybe, or at least privately, I remember talking to you about it, but that idea of the, if you are going to have the extra point and you're going to OT with 3v3, just let it keep going instead of the shootout because by the time you save, you, you'd actually go quicker if you just had more OT. You added another minute, kept going, um, uh, you know, made it to 10 because by the time they, they scrape that thing and then have minimum three shooters, then he, he would have had a goal for sure in a three on three. And it would be, I mean, some kind of historic thing if they didn't. And they would just get so tired. I mean, it would just, there would be a goal before that thing even happened. So I'm down with that. But I'm also down with the idea that you can have ties just like it back in the day. I mean, and again, it's exciting for people because they're like, well, if we don't, if we don't work, we're not, we're not coming up with two points. We need two points. It's almost like, you could sit there and go, you know, my team needs two points tonight to, to make up this ground or maybe especially at the end when you really need it. And then they're at a time. It's like, this is going to suck. Like you might get an one OT, but that's all you get. And then you're, you're out. Right. So, okay. And then it goes OT and it's like, we need this too. So it, the excitement, it would all create, but instead it's like, somebody's getting two, right. It's just going to be us or them. And it hopefully us. Um, so, whether three points solves this thing, like what, what I know is three points would do, at least it would solve more of the idea of it's a little easier to catch back up to people. You know what I mean? Like it, you don't get, like you can, you can catch because you can get three points while one of your rivals only picks up one. Right. Whereas, uh, yeah. So uh, I don't know. So ultimately, I mean, I'm just down with, I would, I would love the old two points for a win, one point for a tie and they can each get it. Um, and then there's no, real extra point just handed out automatically. We can, we can have ties. I, I'm really down with that. Um, I'd like to hear what more of the guys are saying about it. Yeah, go ahead. Nashville, Dallas. Nashville has 27 regulation wins, but they have 22 regulation losses and only two overtime shooter losses. So they have 27 actual wins, and they only got two loser points out of their total. They're two points up on Dallas. Dallas only has 21 regulation wins. They have 12 Overtime wins or shootout losses. That's a lot of points. That's the loads of points. Because of that, yet they have six regulation losses. They actually have a better like winning percentage. You know, if, if you they got into the playoffs on percentage, they were at a point five five one because they played two less games than Nashville, and Nashville's at point five four nine. So if they were tied and it went to points percentage because of those stupid points, Dallas would get in over Nashville, even though they're six games better in regulation mm-hmm. so points for those that would make up for that difference right and it, it would reveal what you really are you're a team that doesn't is can't doesn't quite win like you're not as good as the other team but yet it looks appears like you are right 
I mean, we have to like show that these guys battled to a draw. That's what they were. You want par- you got parody in the league? Reveal the parody, right? We're, we're not. It's like or or reveal the the disparity. You know the, the disparity. Um, you know, it's so funny actually. Uh, there was a, there was a graphic put up in a game. I don't remember which game because I just saw a picture of it. But Brendan Gallagher's out for the Montreal Canadiens, and without him, they're like a terrible record, mm-hmm. and they score way less goals. And with him, though, the record is seventeen nine and nine. Which to me is, you know, it looks like a great record: seventeen wins, not regulation, nine regulation losses, mm-hmm. and then nine overtime or shootout losses. But some people are looking at that, especially Leaf, Leaf fans, going, "Oh, look at that! You're telling me your best player's out, and you're actually less than five hundred, even with him as your best player leading the league." And it's like when you look at that, I guess you could look at that like a record less than five hundred because you've lost eighteen games or whatever it is, and you've only won seventeen, but you're actually getting extra points for it. So mm-hmm, I don't right. know. It's just a different way of looking at things, I guess. Yes. And we have to, we have to see what kind of really tells us who deserves what, I mean, the best kind of the, the best way to say, here's someone, here's a team who we ought, we ought to allow into the playoffs. We want to see these reward, these 16 teams to get in and then let's see what can happen. Right. And I mean, it's just a lot of, Factors that you might say, well, this team more deserves it and this team doesn't. And it's like, you know, they, the skills competition, as they sometimes call it, whatever. Right. I mean, that's not what, it, what, what hockey's about. It's not just about skill. It's about winning. It's about what can you do? Like what strategies can you use? And, you know, the shootout, as I always call it, is essentially a toy cause as far as a coin toss. I probably have, to have a little <laughs> sip of water here. Maybe might help me out. I don't know having some trouble but anyway that's what it is for me so i don't know um as always i'm asking people to tell us what you think about it i mean get in there go in the comments now tell us three-point games ties shootouts what do you like what do you don't like um speaking of uh extra points and points in general we got mcdavid going for 100 this thing is crazy now i know everybody's commented on it but you and I have been back and forth on it all the time, and we got to reveal some of what we've been talking about, and it's changing all the time. So <laughs> it is like it's crazy. So I mean, again, I'll let you go first, and and uh, yeah, what do you got on McD for a hundred? Well, they they got shadowed five nothing by the Flames. The Oilers did, and then in their five games since then, they they got shadowed five nothing. They had six days off, and then they've played five games since then. And McDavid has a point, not just looking at points per game. He has a point in 11 of his last 15 periods. He has five goals and 10 assists in the last five games. And he's only been held scoreless in four periods. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. That's disgusting. That is disgusting. It's insane. It's, uh, it's well, whatever adjectives you want. Sick. Let's use that one. Like the kids use. Anyway, but uh, honestly, this when I look at that, I was looking at it before, right? So just a few games ago, he had um, he had so many games left, and he was averaging you know one point seven uh, something points per game, and then he needed to get over two per game, and I was just like, well, how's he going to get over two per game? Like you just it, 
that's the reason he's under two points per game is because it's hard to get over two points per game over a long period. And, um, and, and certainly in a season and he'd have to bring it up to something and not over two for a whole season, but he'd have to do it for a long stretch. Now um, I know uh, it was a, uh, Mike Johnson uh, had a, had a really good two and a half minutes on it and really gave his case of why McDavid's going to get to a hundred. And I was down with some of the stuff he was saying, but there was a lot of counters to it. It sounded like that his scenario was that, Every everything, if this, if that, if that, and it was, it had to be on the plus side of all the things he brought. It had to be everything worked out the proper way for him to get to it. So I was kind of not buying it. The best thing argument he had in it for me was when he said that uh, twice in the, in the season already he has had that many game stretches at over two points per game, the points he needed. And I, that for me was kind of like, okay. So if we take it as that, can he get two points a game over twelve games or whatever it was at the time? I was kind of like, okay, maybe, but. I was also like, I said to you, well, averages are still averages. This is why. Like, it's going to, he can come out and have three points all he wants next game, but he's going to get zero one game. Like, it just, he's going to get one point in a game. It's just not going to happen. You're trying to, it's trying, everybody's looking for it, but he just can't make it happen today because that's just the nature. It's the same reason people don't go on crazy win streaks, except Vegas 10 games or something. But like, you don't go on these wins. People are going to lose after you, you're just, it's, you know, and you kind of go, what happened today? Well, it's just, you're going to lose sometimes. It just, you can't keep winning. So this is what averages are. Now we get to today though, and I'm looking at it as far as seven games left all of a sudden. So two games ago, it was like, I'm not, I'm not buying this. I mean, it's, it's exciting. I'd like to see it, but I just can't see it happening. Then he goes out once he get four points and three points or something like that. All of a sudden, in a couple games, and he's got himself now. If you just take it from this very moment, which is, again, this is the problem. If you take it from this moment, it sounds, I'm going to tell you why it sounds good, but if you take it as the last 10 games, then there's going to be a dip somewhere. Like there's going to be an average that's making it not this, but let me go back. He got, he's at four, uh, played 48. Uh, he's got seven games left. I think nine games left, nine games. I think he's played 47 games. Is that right? Or did he miss a game or something? I think I can just verify that real quick, but I oh think Oh my so. God. My whole thing is blown two, now. They have two games at hand on the Yeah, so you know what? I was looking every, at... Yeah, you, 47. Oh, they played 47 games? Edmonton has played 47 games. So they do have nine games left. Correct. Oh, great. Because I was actually looking at uh, his stats, and I thought he played 47. And then I went, wait, I should have checked Edmonton's. But anyway, great. So he's got nine games left. And with that, I can work with this number now. With that number, he uh, he needs 1.78 points per game to get to 100. He's at 1.79 points per game over the season at the moment. Like, it's what he is. Like he's So he's right on pace to get his 100. And throughout the whole season, not like, oh, he has to up his pace. When they were talking about he has to up his pace significantly in the last 15 games to get it, I was kind of like, that's why there's a pace. And it's a really good one already. Like it's, you know, but uh, speaking of from now, you can almost see it. And also with that extra, you know, if you go game by game, if you really think of it, like he's in a game today, say, and all of a sudden he's just, he's just, it seems like he's scoring at, you know, he can, he can pick up a few and he's almost close to nine. He'll be 80, 84. He'll be like 86. Right. Then he'll be in another game. He'll be 80, 87. Then he could be 89 and then 90 before with like five games left. Maybe. Uh, I don't know. It's looking hard again. I don't know. Where are you at with me? Are you following any of this? 
Like, are you feeling it? Are you feel? What are you feeling overall? How about that? Well, I feel the Oilers rely entirely too much on him to score their points. For one, so, so that's another discussion. Is, uh, but Paul Maurice say now he looks kind of funny saying us, but but he said, uh, well, five on five, we played pretty well against the Oilers, but we lost three one because their power play got three goals or whatever it was. So and that's just where, what he does. Like you could play really tightly against them, really well against them for fifty eight minutes. But if he gets room for a minute and a half, he's probably going to find a way to get one point. You know what I mean? And so oh, yeah. if he's hot, he's even if he's not doing well, he's probably still going to get one point. Remember, it was outrageous when he went three games at one point. Yeah. And still look at him. Like, because then he'll turn around and get four or five. So it all evens in. It's disgusting. Mm-hmm. Somebody and throw that- these or um, – Forget what, I forget who it is. I feel awful because it's pretty interesting stats. I have no idea how they do this, by the way. But they prorated his season not for an 82-game season, but also prorated for era adjustment so mm-hmm. they could compare him to greatest seasons of all time. And only Mario Lemieux and Wayne had better seasons than he's having right now, adjusted for all that. Now, what's funny is he's still ninth because Mary only Wayne had so many seasons that That's were better. Right. But uh, era adjusted historically, I think they had McDavid at like 154 points for an 82-game season with all things being equal historically. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what it looked like in the Wayne Gretzky, Mary Ole Miu era, 154-point season or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I looked at it too. If you if you do get a hundred points in fifty six games, I think it's one point seven nine. That's what his average is right now. So it's crazy. Uh, now that, that thing you said about how if he's getting hot and then and then he goes and then he might probably get one point and then you said he'll come back and it'll leave it all out. Well, that's just the thing. See, sometimes he will get he'll get one, but that's only one. That's not two or one point seven nine. That's what that's why it's his average is not over two. It's one point seven nine, which still is crazy as it is. And then he'll go back and get four or five points to bring up the average, but he'll bring it back up to 1.79-ish or 1.7, whatever. So it's just hard to keep that up. And so that's why I, was, I wasn't I was really on on board when it was – he had to get over two points per game for the last dozen games or whatever. I was like – but at the moment, he needs what he's at to get it. Although he's just been – it depends on where you start looking at it from. He's just been – on the four and three points. So he's just come out, come out of the gates. So he's on, he's on pace or due, I guess, for a, you know, the down part, unless he just gets inspired by the whole race and all that, and just does what those great players do and takes it. So for that, I'm going to make, I'm going to give it to McDee now because he's going to go and take it. Cause he's going to see it. And the great players, he's getting a hundred. Now, if you asked me last week, I would have said he's not, there you go. That's so, Cause I'm going to, I'm going to give you credit for this, uh, but your thought was, you know, whether he gets it or not, who really cares? The fact that we're even talking about it is is crazy enough in a 56-game season. It's crazy. And now here, he's getting it. Yeah. You know. I think he's – I think McD's going to – it's taking it, right? That's what these guys do. They have that, um, they have that ability to meet – challenges and rise to the occasion and do something like Sid always been doing it for us since his whole career. Right. You just kind of go, well, is that really going to happen so that we can have something to like, just blow our minds about. Right. Well, yeah. And then he does it, right. He, he does something. Always oh, done it to us. And, uh, you know, Gretzky did it to us a million times, everybody else. So like the big ones, I mean, just, they do it. 
in, in every sport, and that's why we love having them. Well, to your point, Elliot Friedman did a feature uh, when Montreal played Toronto recently, and Austin Matthews got the goal where he flicked the puck past the defender and then swept it in. I don't know if you saw this goal or not. Okay. Everyone was it, The puck was bouncing behind a Montreal player in the slot, and he reached back, batted it out of the air, passed the guy, and then just it's, the puck was on a stick oh. less than a second. Are you, are you saying the Matthews one or McDavid? Austin Matthews. Yeah, yeah, I didn't. Okay, I know that one. Yes, yes. And so Elliot Friedman showed his, uh, you know, what's fun about the great players is sometimes they even surprise, like they do things that were like, wow. And you can tell that it almost is like wowing them too. Like you could tell by his celebration and reaction that he's like, you know, geez, even I surprise myself sometimes, you know. And then they showed the Crosby one as a, as a reinforcement at that point. Batting it in OT there against the Devils, I believe it was, and his yeah. celebration. And I know like, Sid, Sid goes. And you, like can, you can tell like David's goals this year. He scores, and it's just like like somebody was showed him a picture on the on the bench, even after like the celebrations were all over, and he's just sitting on the bench waiting for his next shift, and he's like just kind of giggling to himself, like did I just do that? Like. <laughs> <laughs> You came close to a Steve Urkel there. <laughs> well, that's kind of what he looked like. He looked kind of dorky and goofish, and it was hilarious. But it's like he's having fun right now. Mm-hmm. So when you get on that high and you're having that much fun and you just want to push the boundaries and see what you're all about, like the guy knows he can do anything right now, so why not get a 100-point season in a 56-game season? Why not? Let's do just it. Just because you can. Okay. Uh, how about this? You mentioned uh, you mentioned the Austin Matthews, and then just a quick idea. Why don't we look at the Rocket Richard race? Oh, wait, there isn't well, a race. It's all over. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> okay. Uh, how about the – now, speaking of McDavid, then, well, there's one thing about an MVP, right? And, and you know, do you have, what do you think about the MVP this year and all that? And one curious thing I thought when – because I had a friend ask me about that, and then – I, I thought, well, it is a little bit weird because 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 of the way the divisions are now, it's really hard. You don't really get a sense of, like, you can talk about this guy's league MVP, but it's like, well, they're just within one division. They're, they're doing this thing against the same teams. We can't really know who would be doing what. When you see everybody cross and, you know, Colorado at least plays Boston once or something, like, you, you, know, you can see something. You can see who is the big bigger dog and you kind of, and then also it's it's just harder to to get your placings as well on top. So it's across a league thing. You get a better sense of stuff. So it's really hard to get a sense of who you would name for MVP. Luckily we don't have to worry about it at all because it's again, not even a real race. Is it? That's exactly it. Pretty interesting to see come second or get there. Who are, who are going to be the other two nominees? That's your, your, your battle, your race there. Yeah. Who's going to get their name ballot just as the, the token? Okay, there's there's Connor McDavid, and then there's everyone else. So let's just see who everyone else. Who's the best of everyone else? Yeah, and a nomination could be a little feather in your cap if you're some, you know, whatever. It's just at least another thing. Uh, but uh, but again, that that's the thing that I when I first took that question, I thought, well, it's hard to deal with. Like you can kind of take up. You, you have these debates about the division MVPs, and that's kind of fun to talk about who's the MVP of the division this season. And, and those were fun little talks, right? But then when you're trying to get the league MVP who, who, among those, who you get, which of those division MVPs are you going to put up as the ones uh, versus 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The others, like out of the four, right? And then uh, which division doesn't get their MVP to be a candidate? And then... Uh, as we said, though, it doesn't really matter ultimately because we all know what's happening. Like, it's just this guy's going to get 100 points in 56 games. Look, I, you could say I know the games are exciting. Any team can win on any given night in the North. It's fu- it's a fun division, but it's not a coincidence that Matthews and McDavid and Dreisaitl and these guys are having these kinds of years in this particular situation. It's not a coincidence. It's not like they just went, oh, it's unfortunate they had this breakout year. It's too bad they weren't playing the rest of the league because then that would really tell people something. But they're having these years because I think of the setup of the North Division. Like, it's... it's Well, it's not unco- uncontroversial on this show with me because that's also... <laughs> I share that opinion. Now, it might, be un- it might be controversial to other people and it might get some people raging right now, right? Well, if you are, get on the comments and tell us what you think. Hey, that's whatever. But I'll tell you what, I don't think, you know, when I heard... Look, can't take anything away from any of them. Uh, let's put that up. How we'll put that, that disclaimer, right? This is what happened. It's real. He's, they've scored goals or they've had these many points or they've uh, finished here, whatever. You know, Jack Campbell that, you know, started off with 11 wins or whatever. Again, I wonder, would he have done that if he had to play in the East? Just play in Pittsburgh, Washington, New York Islanders, Boston, are they? All that stuff. So those are questions. We don't have to get into too much detail on all those specifics. But as far as uh, I, I want to say something maybe to enrage some people, which is about – you know, I was noticing, uh, reading on those power rankings, you know, they do, the NHL has their top 16 power rankings, and they've got Toronto ranked at ninth in the power rankings, right? And I know people are talking about, oh, they're dominating the league, etc. We talked about that on another show, Ray Ferrar was talking about they're making the league look like a Bantam league, and I was like, well, it's the North Division. Well, they're tops in the North Division, but they got them ranked with ninth in power in the whole league. I mean, how does that even work? And they've got uh, the Rangers uh, just this week made, cracked the top 16, and well, why is Montreal not in? I mean, they're like in a playoff spot right now. New York has no prayer of a, a playoff spot. Like we just, we, you and I talked about it. They have no chance really of catching Boston. If we, if you look at it, it's ridiculous what would have to happen. Um, <clears throat> and it's almost math. They're almost mathematically out. And they will be in a day in a couple of games. Right. So, but they're yet, they're in the power rankings. So that just shows that even somewhere, some other people out there are recognizing this too. Right. And, and I said on top, like, if you really look at how strong, Carolina is and Florida and Tampa and Boston, New York Islanders, Washington Capitals, Pittsburgh Penguins right now. I'm talking about if Toronto's in that Atlantic, they're fourth in that Atlantic, which means they're fighting for a wild card spot. 
And then that's not even a guarantee because if Carolina's in the wild card or, or Islanders or somebody's in that wild card, Boston's in there fighting for, well, no, Boston would be third in the Atlantic, excuse me, from the, uh, the Metro. It would be somebody like the Islanders or Boston or Carolina you're going to be battling with for that wild card. Like, that's good luck with that. Like, they probably get the eighth seed. But so they probably make the playoffs. They're a playoff team, but I'm, it ain't uh, what people have got going on. And I don't know if I just alienated half of uh, who we got listening here, but uh, there you go. That's where I'm at with it. Tell me what you think, guys. Fight back. I will say this. I hate the, stat, the records the first time that Toronto's beaten Montreal eight times in the same season or whatever it was since 1967. Well, listen, that's all they play. They're just playing each other a bunch of times. You mean it's, it's not, not the best record? It's more than most times they beat them, you mean? Yeah, like, I mean, it could be the best record. It could be whatever, but it's just different. They're not traveling a bunch of times and then coming back to Montreal. They're not getting beat up by Tampa Bay and Washington and Boston and then coming home and playing Montreal. It's just not the same. It's the North Division. Mm-hmm. It's different. And, and we, we, we picked on it a little while ago when we brought up that, the Bantam League one. And look, the North Division, I think, was exciting. It's exciting for people. It's a fun thing to have. But it's not like a strong division. That's all I'm saying. And, uh, and uh, it's also something I don't want to see again, as we said as well. <laughs> a lot I'm of this bored. stuff. I'm bored with it already. Like, it's okay. great. It was fun. Good times were had by all. Mm-hmm. Let's just get the playoffs going. This is- well, I was going to say, it'll spark up again with the playoffs. Yeah, that's what I do. Yeah. I'll, yeah, I'll enjoy it. But right now, it's just—it's like baseball. Do you need 162? You're done at 120. Okay, you're done at 85. But you're okay. done. No one's watching games 130 to 160 for any purpose other than they just like baseball. They're not getting anything out of it. Okay, this, that's right now. Even in a 56-game season, if this was 82 games, I'd—I'd I'd be going home. I'd be the summer. The, the weather's turning. There's a lot to do around the yard. Call me when the playoffs start. Yeah, I guess the only thing you could say then is you'd be like, well, then more of these teams have a chance to come back because there's more time to come. You'd be like, well, Vancouver's not out of it or whoever, so Ottawa's not out, even them. But uh, but we are going to get on to that now because you're talking about, we're talking about the playoffs. Who are the Leafs playing? Leafs are going to finish first. Like, I mean, Edmonton, we're talking about McDavid getting 100, but I don't think they're catching them. Um, so we got them. Who are they playing in the first round? At the moment, Montreal's sitting in that spot. Um you know, Calgary and Vancouver are kind of knocking, although I don't get, I told you, I don't get how they even consider Calgary's knocking. Like, they're like, well, they're only a little bit back from them. But, I mean, there's not so many games left. And they're four points back, and we just talked about how difficult it, it is to make up ground. Meanwhile, for me, Vancouver is ten points back, and they've got five games in hand. Now, if you do a bit of math, if you win those, you're even with them. Now, you only have to win two out of five of them, to be in the same spot as Calgary. So I don't get why we're talking all about Calgary and not talking about Vancouver as being the one to do it, right? And if they win three of the five games, they are closer than Calgary to uh, Toronto, uh, Montreal to catch them. So there's a lot of factors you can you can count in. And as far as Montreal, you've got, you, you said Gallagher's out. Now Drouin has gone off of this leave of absence, right? I mean, Montreal, and they're playing Toronto three more times, I think. So it's like, this doesn't look very. Montreal is going to be losing some games in the in the last stretcher. They're not. They're, they're going to limp in if they get in. So this is your opportunity. If you're, as I say again, Vancouver. I don't think Calgary really has 
I mean, I guess if you're talking about if you really Montreal really slides, then Calgary has something. But I mean, but certainly Vancouver has a much better starting position than Vancouver than Calgary. Well, Calgary's playing the Oilers tonight. I'm going to go ahead and pro- CNN projects that the Oilers are going to win. That's <laughs> okay. Yeah, and McDavid's he's flying hot for these points. He's just going to rev it up. Look, I just, uh, I just don't see. Even if even if that doesn't happen, I mean, just I'm just saying. Over the course of the next eight games, Calgary's not going to win six at all. They're going to win three or four. I'm sorry. That's, so Vancouver, with all the games at hand that they have, why couldn't they just decide to go on a run? Like, where are they mentally? Where are they physically that they can't just decide to turn it on? Mm-hmm. I know you I don't get... why they're being counted out just automatically. Yeah, I, I guess just because there seems I it's been very hard to get a read on where people are the whole season because there's been so many the discrepancies in games. So it's almost like, well, they're way down at the bottom, and it's like, well, yeah, but look how many you know it's happened to Dallas. Was it down earlier? Now they're in in a race, right? I mean, they look they were down there hanging out with Detroit, like the, you know what I mean? That's not really accurate, um, but. Uh, you know, so so I just it was very hard to read all season what's going on, especially in points race, same thing. All these different races, it's like, well, this guy has only played this many fewer games, and they have they have to make it up because they kept getting canceled and all this stuff. So it's really hard, and I think people just look and go, well, there's Vancouver at six or whatever, uh, ten points back, but it's like there's five games in hand. Like they're gonna play five games where you just sit there and don't get to play. That's, you can make up some ground, right? And anything can happen in this. Now, we did talk a little bit about how hard it is to make up ground and how hard it is because we even had a little talk, a sidebar, about how, like, I wanted three different things to happen and they can't possibly all happen. And too many rivals play each other and cancel each other out to the point where you can only really hope for one team and, and hope they do well. And so why not Vancouver? They have so many games at hand and... Anything can happen. Montreal was top of the pops here at the start of the year, and everyone's going on about how great a year it was. Then they're just like barely going to make the playoffs. Toronto's been fairly consistent. The Oilers were middle of the pack. Then they've kicked into high gear. They're doing all right. Mm -hmm. Why can't Vancouver go on a run? Why not? Especially when people are making predictions about next year and saying, well, things are going to be different next year. They'll be a little higher. So you can't, you have to look at the division's going to be way different next year. Well, how many different roster moves are they going to make between now and then? So why can't the same roster that's supposedly going to do well next year and is a disappointment this year, why can't they just become the roster they're supposed to be? Well, that's just it. They were good last year, right? They made a big step. They're legitimate. It was legit. It wasn't like just one of these teams who kind of did well. It was like they looked good. They looked what they were. They they got what they deserved. They were out. They didn't make it past that. They didn't deserve to. They were good. And then they're going to be better next year. And this year, I expected expected them to be one of the top four teams. Um, but then you haven't really got what you wanted out of Holtby, although he looked good recently. And maybe what if he just decides to get hot and become Braden Holtby, right? I mean, that'll help them a lot. So you don't know. Now, I'm not saying it's not likely Montreal will hold their spot. I'm just saying that you can't just count it out. And certainly don't talk to me about Calgary if you're not going to talk about – like Vancouver's in a better position, starting position to catch them. If anybody's going to – it's the Canucks is all I'm saying. Hmm. Feeling it? All right. Well, look, yeah. so – yeah. Uh, there's a million things to go and talk about all around the league. We're so many exciting things. I'll go for one more thing here that um, 
you were talking about when Boston and Pittsburgh just played a couple games recently, and it was awesome. It was like a it was a one nothing win, and then a three nothing win by Boston. But it wasn't a bashing. But it was those are some big tight checking games, and of course. It's the perfection line, Bergeron, Marshan, and Pasta against Crosby, Gensel, and Rust, the big lines. And you were talking about what about this idea of playing big on big? Uh, a lot of teams do that. Some don't. Where are you at on it, Coach Bolton? Well, uh, you know, without diving too deep into it, I do like it. I do like having the best players try and take time away from the other team's best players um, and allow your depth to do their job. And I think what's funny is when Pittsburgh, they, they did that with Boston, Pittsburgh won the first game and everyone's talking about what a great idea it was. And then some people are like, well, hold on, that's only one game. And then the next game, it didn't work out so well for them. But yeah. for every time the two big lines play and it doesn't work out for one team, it's an argument for the idea because the other team's big line obviously did better. So they're looking <laughs> at it going, big line is a good idea. So right. You can't really just look at one team and, and say every time two big lines go together and one big line does better than the other one, it's going to count as it looks like a good idea or a bad idea, depending on what team you're hoping for. Yeah. So you can't use that as a metric. I don't know how to judge it other than saying that you just eventually have to trust your best players to to do their job. And that's that should be where you're at. They should be able to to take on the other team's best players and do better than them, win overall, win their shifts, overall win enough of the things during the shift to make your team better. And then none of that matters if you're, the rest of your team sucks anyway. So, No. I, th- I think how, what you do is you look at your team and you decide what kind of depth you have and you see, well, do, is it, am I better off having some kind of uh, lower line guy, like check this line and then have my power play who's not so powerful play against their second best line and that, that's our best chance. You have to figure out your whole thing and your own depth and then decide what you want to do and how, how do you test it? We said, well, you can never get a reading because you go back and forth, but you can test as far as your own team how often it succeeds. Like if our team keeps losing right. against everybody – you know, if Pittsburgh keeps losing, it's like, well, this is not working. we got to do something else. Now, of course, with Pittsburgh, I think, you know, you don't really have – got 1A, 1B with that – with Geno, right? I mean, it's not even – it's you never call Sydney the top of the line. You, you, can, you certainly can at this moment. He's been out for so many games. But generally, it's like pick your poison against the Penguins, and that's why they succeed. And that's why every team who has success, you notice they have these two giant lines that teams just have matchup problems because they just don't have the – the, the top six depth, which is you can call depth, and then they also don't have the depth uh, below that, which is the whole well, your your full team depth, which is I mean a lot of a lot of teams have it. This uh, the depth. Is there something by the way on depth? Was there a comment that someone made to you? You mentioned to me earlier something about depth. You want to mention something about that? A, Car- a Carolina reporter, Sarah Sivian, that I follow on Twitter. She's quite funny, and she she brought up. You know what? How do you how do you rate depth of it? How do you judge the depth of a team other than obvious things? What's your what's your measurement of how deep a team is? Mm-hmm. And to me, I I responded, it's just basically how many players on your roster you trust in any given situation. That's the way I look at it. I'm sure there's more to it statistically or whatever it is, but in any given moment, am I going to trust? enough of my players to do a job that I need done or do I have to rely on the same players all the time? That's, that's how I judge depth. 
if I get an injury, am I panicked or am I like, okay, this guy will fill in. It's no big deal. Mm-hmm. Yep. I know a lot of the, in all the successful teams, you see them, they just have that. They kind of like next man up mentality, they call it. And they go in and they have the system and the, t- the guy fits into the system. Now they might, they might change who they have with who, because of who they bring in. It's a little bit of a different guy, but they still have overall, like they look like this every time. This team looks like this coming at you every time when you play them, whoever they got in the lineup. That's just what they are. They're about their, their, they're kind of almost like this uh, organism on their own. They're this thing. And then guys plug into it and they buy in and they fit in or they're out. And then, as you said about trust, I like the, I like the sound of that. It's more, it's something that's, yeah. Anyway, it's a, it's a good way to, good way to put it that um, a coach looks down and just sees who he has. and He doesn't care who's on. And I think that the teams that you know, when I followed certain teams, some of the Detroit teams that were good, Pittsburgh, when they're good, um, well, they've been good pretty much since it's been on the team. But anyway, they, uh, but when they're good, it's kind of like, it doesn't matter which line's on, then they just, whoever else is, is up, they just go out. If it's their fourth line, they don't, they don't mind them playing against Ovi and whoever. Like, they don't care. They're just like, yeah, that's fine. They know what they're doing, right? It's not the same as having Sid play them. It's a different uh, game or, uh, you know, chess match or whatever, but they don't care. I, don't, I love having them out there. I feel good about every guy on, my, on the team out there. They're not like back in some of our, you know, in history where it's like the fourth line gets out there, right? I remember playing in university. I'd be out there and it was the first whistle. They'd be looking like, when can we get these guys off? I mean, we don't want the fourth line out there longer than whatever. I was like, good God, you know, I got, I got this. But, uh, but depth is you have, uh, yeah, anybody can go anytime. You trust them all, as you say. And, of course, you have that beyond just the top 12 as well. Nice. It's like if a man goes down, as we say, I've got 15 or 16 deep in our system that we're bringing. D, same thing. Seven, eight, nine. Like Jim, uh, before it was Jim Rutherford was for Pittsburgh was bringing in more D. And then, of course, Berkey and uh, Ron Hextall now, they're looking. They're always looking for – they don't have six D or five that are like that they have. Like they have seven, eight, nine. They, they can bring up Ruedel and they just feel good about him being in there. Right. But yet you don't want him, you know, depth means he's not in your top six uh, playoffs. If you, you know, I, I use Pittsburgh's example here, but that's what I know more than other teams. But if you, yeah, if, if that, that'll be a good look if you don't have him in your top six, but yet if he's in, it's no problem. Latang went down that year and they won the cup. Right. And this is kind of a nice segue into the Maple Leafs depth. If we want to talk about that and how uh, we said, we said Joe Thornton, when he went to the Leafs, should play third or fourth line minutes. He shouldn't play top line minutes. He can get on the power play and do his thing. He's a fourth line kind of player that isn't the guy there. Now, he's certainly got a lot of attention on himself, and everyone loves what he's doing. Mm-hmm. But as Toronto is getting ready for the playoffs, they got their full roster, and they've settled into a rhythm. And it's not surprising that Thornton is on the fourth line. If they were a team that, that depended on him to be in the top six, I would consider them not deep enough to do well in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Whether exactly. they are or not still team, but with, with that fourth line of Thornton, Spezza, and I don't remember who the center is. I feel awful because I just learned this last night. And then, <laughs> but anyway, they're auditioning too. They look super good. <clears throat> it's fun to have him in that position. He's succeeding in that position because he is – Joe Thornton and he is Jason Spezza and if that's your fourth line you're looking pretty darn good against other teams fourth line but that's where they need to be and it's working out well for them they wouldn't see the Toronto as depth but if they were higher in the line 
Big time. Uh, you know, I recall saying something about that. When we first got traded, we were like, well, where do you see him being? And I think we thought, oh, it'll probably be a third, fourth line guy, uh, maybe play some PP, and then he can go up in the first line if you need in a situational thing, right? You need somebody to, to in a situ, you know, end of the game or a big moment, or just sometimes just to change things up to the flow of a game, put him up there for a few shifts, get somebody going, whatever, right? But you don't, he's just not a top six guy. That's what he's going to be. And then I remember we had our, our friend Jason was asking us about, well, how can you be a, a you know, wouldn't your top six guys be your power play? Isn't that just that we had that whole discussion and that's what we said about it. And, uh, you know, and the thing was that, um, yeah, it, that was not, uh, I forget what I was going to say now, but it was basically uh, repeating what you're saying, but it was, it was that he had to be somewhere in that line. And I think, yeah, I think that's basically what I was saying. Yeah. Just that you can use them to, to help your top six at times. Um, but he's not going to be a top six. So he really is valuable but he's valuable in that spot. And on top, you mentioned some of the attention he gets. That's another reason they brought him in too, is to take some of the attention right now. It's not as crazy media as it has been because of the situation. Like there's no fans there. There's not as much media in their face, but, um, but he has taken a lot of that as well away from these guys and let these, these uh, young stars play. So the Leafs are looking good in that way. I got to give it to them. They are deep, much deeper than they've ever been in recent times. Um, you know, and I think they're getting, I don't, this is a horrible thing to, to say too, maybe, but I mean, if you're, you know, a, Mon- a Montreal who's not as strong as they were at the start of the season or, you know, is going to probably get in or Vancouver, I mean, your first round is, you know, it's a lot better than play, fa- playing uh, Boston the first round or something, right? I mean, uh, so it's looking pretty good to get into a divisional final with the mm. Oil or Winnipeg. And uh, we can make predictions on that later uh, another time. So, uh, so anyway, that was a good, uh, good segue into that. And why don't we let that uh, take us out? Um, I've been stumbling here, so everybody wants me to shut up already. I think we'll do that. Um, go and, uh, as we say, guys, um, get in here and tell us what you think of any of this stuff. And enjoy your hockey in the big stretch. And we'll come back in and make sure we, uh, we say some, uh, talk about some other stuff before uh, the playoffs. And, uh, well, sooner than later anyway. All right, guys, we'll see you next time. How do you know a team is deep? And so this is all part of it to me. That whole best on best comes into play. It's all uh, part of it. <laughs> <laughs> no? Too dangerous? I don't see why not. Okay, I'll drag you. I don't see say, why not. I'm, okay, we'll, we'll, talk about the, we'll talk about the four spot in the north, and then that'll kind of bring a bit of north conversation, and then I'll alienate a bunch of people listening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good call. That is a Josh Bolton goal.